Hi everyone, welcome to our brand new podcast. Here, we will be streaming our artist interview series, featuring each of our music instructors. I'm Trinity Bliss, the host. Thank you for joining us. Welcome in the New England area for all of your life, and it sounds like you've had a lot of opportunities with music and to grow as a musician and to meet other people to kind of get out there. But what was the first sort of thing that drew you in? Uh, in into playing music in general? Um, well, I, I've been a music lover my whole life, really. Um, I think when I was a kid, my, my parents um, had similar tastes in music, um, but, you know, I would dig through their, their old cassettes, and we didn't have a record player, but I had a collection of vinyl that I couldn't listen to that I was always fascinated by. Um, and then um, my dad would get these, uh, there were these old infomercials, and my dad would get these CD collections. Um, it would be like soul R&B um, you know, jazz, blues, um, these old infomercials that used to run, you know, late at night and, you know, you'd, you'd end up buying a big collection of CDs and that kind of, um, um, why did my, um, what I was listening to, because really other than that, I was just listening to whatever was on the radio, um, back then more contemporary stuff. Uh, so from him, I started listening to James Brown, Motown, lots of blues, um, some classic rock, but that was, I think more from, um, my mother's influence for sure. You know, uh, Led Zeppelin, and then on my own, uh, kind of discovered ACDC and more heavy metal and stuff like that. Um, uh, also, Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, different things like that. So like, it was a, a very wide array of different music that was uh, being played in the house, and, and you know that I was exposed to. Um, so you know, I, I've been a music lover my whole life. My parents as well. I'm re I'm the only musician in the family, um, so. I started off playing guitar. Um, really, I, I got my first guitar when I was a kid, like probably fifth or sixth grade, something like that. Um, got a little distracted, put it aside for a couple of years. Um, and then classic uh, bass, bass guitar story, uh, joined, joined a band. Nobody wanted to play bass because it wasn't as cool as drums or guitar. And, and that's how I started playing. Um, and I've been doing it ever since. So probably going on about 15 years now or so. And, 10 plus years professionally. So yeah, that's my story. Wow, absolutely. Were there any sort of musical inspirations that you looked up to as you were learning? Oh yeah, I mean, not many that I, I, that I knew uh, personally. Um, I took lessons um, at Belmont School of Music, um, just a small, or was it Belmont Music? Yeah, it was Belmont Music Shop. Um, just a small shop. They sold instruments there. They offered lessons. It was a local shop in the next town over from where I grew up in Watertown. Um, and there was a uh, bass teacher there by the name of Vasilis. Um, and I started taking lessons with him when I was 16, I think. And he prepped me a lot for my uh, audition for Berkeley um, that I eventually did when I was 18, a couple years later. Um, so he was the biggest influence that I had personally um, at that time. There wasn't a whole lot of music going around, really, other than, you know, just me and my friends um, who really influenced each other, um, you know, playing rock, rock bands, blues bands, um, all, all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so not, not much, much of a scene in the, in the Watertown suburbs area. Right. That's really cool, though. Your music teacher was the one that kind of brought you um, 
into Berkeley. So I think that's really interesting to have that connection. Yeah. What sort of you love about your instrument in particular? It's mm. a great question. Um, so I love that the bass is really, you know, what you always hear that the bass is like the foundation of the band. Um, I just like how the bass interacts with each other instrument um, and how it's really a supportive um, instrument. Um, not the, the bass doesn't really play the lead a lot, at least in the music that I'm playing. Um, occasionally it could, of course. Um, and probably the, the first clip of mine that we're going to see just completely negates what I'm, what I, what I said, but you know, I like, I like how the bass is just, um, it's, it's the foundation of the band and how it kind of, you know, it sets the groove, works with the drummer. Um, and really it can just kind of interact and react to, to every other instrument, every other player in the bands. Um, and it's just a, it, it's a fun instrument to play. It's a lot of fun. Right. It's one of those things that you can never go wrong with a good baseline. So that's good. True. Um, yeah, for sure. What are some things that you think that you're good at besides music? Oh boy. Um, well, things that I'm good at. So I, uh, over the pandemic, I started uh, mountain biking a lot more. I've always had an interest in it. Um, this is certainly not music related, right? Um, but it's something that uh, I've been really getting into. Um, and anytime I kind of have some, uh, you know, a day off, um, if I can sneak out and get a ride or two in, um, it's something that's kind of, you know, takes takes my mind off just uh, my, my career and, and music. And it's just something else that keeps me stimulated. Um, so am I good at it? I don't know me. I'm definitely better this year than I am than I was last year. So, um, I'm definitely making progress. I, I would say progress for sure. Oh, that's awesome. That makes me really, really mm -hmm. happy. Nice. So when you have music lessons with your students, what kind of structure do you have or what does a typical lesson look like? Yeah. So I like to, um, the structure that I, I, I like to uh, use is playing um, some maintenance at the beginning, exercises, kind of the more boring stuff, right? Um, but certainly crucial so that we can play the songs and accomplish the goals that we want to um, play, right? Um, and then from there, that might take a quarter of the lesson, might take half the lesson. Some lessons, it might take three quarters of the lesson. Um, but really, I, I think a strong balance in maintenance um, and, and um, you know, building uh, – a facility uh, on, on the instrument um, is important. And then also playing songs. Um, so keeping maybe, uh, you know, different short-term and longer-term girls longer uh, uh, goals um, as far as, you know, what we're playing. So sometimes we might play an easier song, maybe do it for a lesson or two. Um, and then we'll do, um, you know, a longer-term goal. That's something that maybe we can't accomplish just yet. But maybe it's something that um, if we add a, a certain exercise into the beginning of our lesson um, and kind of keep working on that, eventually we're going to uh, gain the facility where we can play this song, whatever it may be. So I think, um, you know, having two different songs, you know, short -term, shorter term uh, goals, like easier songs, right? I'm kind of reluctant to say easier, but um, yeah, easier songs or, and then harder songs. And that would kind of be like the second, the back half of the lesson. Um, and then, like I said, the beginning would be more maintenance and exercises, but of course, you know, it doesn't have to be completely, um, regimented. Uh, it, it could kind of, you know, go all over the place. I mean, sometimes I've had some lessons where students really, really psyched about a song 
And, you know, I know they're practicing. It's not certainly not our first lesson. Um, so if we just spend the whole half hour, say if it's just a half hour lesson, which flies by, if we, if we just spend that on playing a song, that's awesome. Um, but really, I think it's important. Um, I like to schedule my lessons as I do my own practice routine and get some maintenance exercises and, and you know, stuff like that, building dexterity at the beginning and then playing, playing tunes. Right. I like that. I like that you're prioritizing the drills and the exercises because really that's mm -hmm. your foundation for me. I need to get better at doing my drills and exercises mm -hmm. more. Oh, that's... we all do. We all do for sure. Yeah. Right. Um, your students, what kind of things do you tell them if they feel like they're struggling or if they feel like they're getting impatient with their instrument or how do you kind of go about that? Um, well, I think uh, maybe to get a little bit more specific, maybe um, some students might feel that way with a particular song that they're trying to play. Um, and in that instance, I, I would just say, um, you know, let's, let's maybe slow down and, and break down the song a little bit uh, further. Um, you know, just go, go section by section, even bar by bar if we're using a piece of music, um, and just really focus in on what we're struggling with and, uh, you know, slow it down. I, li I like to practice with a metronome and have no music e even, um, you know, whether the student is using tab or music notation, or if they prefer not to use um, um, either one of those and they're just learning by ear or the song that they're doing is, is they just happen to know it by ear. Um, just break things down, put it to a metronome, slow it down, and just kind of, you know, work, work towards it. Just, um, you know, kind of get, get some, some repetitions in there. Um, and, you know, if, if, if we need to address the fact that maybe it's, it's not something that we should work on right now, maybe like I, like I um, alluded to earlier, longer-term goals, I think that's okay, too, if we just need to set something aside. Um, not necessarily abandon it, but just set it aside and, and think about what we can do to kind of work towards um you know building the facility we need to um accomplish that goal and play that um but you know i i know your question was a little broader than that um i think i, I think if they're feeling down that they can't play specific things play songs or, or they're not playing well um i would just i, I would i would just say I mean, of course practice a little bit more right but i would i would just say well let's um how can we make this more fun how can we become more inspired Let's maybe just listen to some music for, for, you know, 15 minutes or so, however long the lesson may be, right? And, um, you know, let's get inspired and just remember that it's supposed to be fun, right? You know, so there's a reason why we started playing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. What kind of opportunity beyond and beyond the techniques of the guitar, what kind of opportunities do you want to give your students long term? Um, well, I've, I, all my students right now just play um, as a hobby. Um, I've had some students in the past who were um, interested in going to music school. Um, they didn't end up going to a specific music school, but, you know, they did take uh, some other classes or some electives. Um, they weren't majoring in music or anything. Um, you know, but so so if it's just for a hobbyist, I would say go out there and, and jam with some people, just play. Um, you know, I mean, if I can recommend or suggest, uh, some different opportunities to do that, I certainly would. Um, of course it would depend on the age of the student. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd be happy to work with, uh, any student who wants, 
who's looking for more opportunities to play, I'd be happy to suggest, um, you know, jam sessions and stuff like that. Um, and then really uh, just urge them if they're younger, right, and they can't, you know, go out to a jam session at night, just urge them to join a rock band or, or you know, I, I would check out, um, you know, what their school offers, um, you know, whether it's public or private school, see if maybe, you know, oftentimes public schools have a rec department that would offer opportunities to play in bands. Um, so I would say just totally get out there and, and play with people, make music with people. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Have your first song. Uh, I think now would be a good time to go ahead and hear that. And this is um, cool. Twinkle Twinkle Star. It's probably the coolest version I've ever heard of that song. <laughs> Is there anything that you want to say about this or about the inspiration behind you covering it? Um, yeah, sure. So I saw this, there was this, like this viral video going around and I was trying to think of who, um, Derek Bennett, that's who it was. Derek Bennett, Derek's Bass Lessons. He's a great follow on, on Instagram or any other social media platform. Um, this is actually mostly his arrangement. I changed some of the harmony in it. Um, it's not completely like note for note as far as uh, the reharm, right? So, so we have a basic harmony of the song, and then there's a term reharm. Um, that basically what you're doing is sometimes you're adding chords, you're changing the chords. They still function the same way because you want to support the melody. Um, but what we're doing is basically um, kind of extending the harmony a little bit, if you want to think of it that way. Um, so. There's a lot going on in this clip, but um, I had a lot, of, a lot of fun learning his version and then also kind of adding to it. Nice. All right, let's give it a listen. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was the goal. Of course. So this is kind of a more one of the more fun questions. If you could perform with any musician that you either like admire or wanted to perform with before, who do you think it would be? Oh wow. Do I have to choose one? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so I mean uh so in school I studied jazz and I still play a lot of, um, you know, more contemporary kind of sounding jazz, but that's really become more, um, improvisation based music, right? So it's not really the old timey jazz that you think of jazz standards and stuff like that. Right. So there's, um, there's a really cool, uh, electronic type scene, um, in the New York area. It really started with like drum and bass and electronic music uh, in London with this drummer called uh, Jojo Mayer is his name. Um, and he has a project called Nerve. So that's been like a dream, a dream gig of mine for many, many years. Um, I like playing with effects pedals and stuff like that and, and um, doing more, you know, really extending my instrument as much as I can to where maybe it doesn't even sound like a bass anymore, right? Although in his music, the bass does sound like a bass. Um, so yeah, um, that, that would totally be a dream project of mine. 
another drummer in New York, similar type of vibe, Mark Juliana is his name. Um, it would be a dream to play with him in any sort of capacity. Um, Wayne Krantz also, who is a guitar player uh, based in New York, um, really just one of the more important guitar players really in history and, and um, had a legendary residency at the 55 bar, which unfortunately is just shut down a few, uh, a couple months ago, I think. Um, so I had the pleasure of seeing him there um, multiple times, pretty much any time I was in New York that I could go out and see him. That would, so that would be a dream to play with him. All my favorite bass players and drummers have played with him. It's usually like a guitar trio. Um, but then, you know, I also listen to a lot of pop music. And like I said earlier, I grew up uh, listening to, to more pop and rock and Motown and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, a really fun gig would be, there's a bass player called Nathan East, uh, and he has, he's played with Phil Collins, Eric Clapton, all, you know, Kenny Loggins. I'm more into like Phil Collins and Eric Clapton though. So those would be dream gigs. He's playing, you know, incredible, um, incredible artists. Um, and then more, you know, more like from the, on the rock side of things, Food Fighters would be an insane. I would love that. That would be so much fun. Um, you know, yeah, there's, there's, and um, there's so many that I'm probably missing for sure, you know, um, but those are definitely just a few. I love, love, love your, um, your wide range of music that you listen to. And I think students, you'll probably give them opportunities to practice all sorts of things, all sorts of genres, which is really, really awesome, really cool. But do you practice totally. anything? ear training or music theory or do you practice more like with your students actually playing it do, do you have any time where you just study the music um ju just on my own you mean oh no with students oh with the student oh, oh yeah for sure i mean i've had some um base students who uh you know they they are really interested in theory so so you know it's totally cool if sometimes we spend the majority of some lesson without the instrument even in our hands and we're just talking about theory um and i've also tutored in theory and and the only instrument really that i've taught in many years is the bass guitar but i've tutored in all other um, areas of music you know theory if you want to call it you know uh ear training um you know reharm electronic production all sorts of different stuff like that um so, so certainly um, that would be something I'd be happy to speak, um, you know, to, to teach. Um, and even just with a bass student too, if, you know, they're, they're, if they want to incorporate that into their lesson, I think that would be, that would be awesome. And we could totally do that. Yeah, cool, cool. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. What do you think makes teaching music different from teaching other subjects? Oh, well, um, I mean, music really, uh, it is a, it's more, it is a, a language really, right? It's, um, it's like a universal language. I mean, that's really the cliche that we've always heard. Um, so it's probably more similar to teaching a language, right? Um, than it, it is, you know, um, liberal, any liberal arts or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, what really makes it different, I, th I think, is that it's uh, also subjective and interpretive. You know, they call it theory for a reason. Nothing's really a fact. You know, there are f some facts in there and guidelines uh, to, you know, really accomplish, um, you know, what you're trying to get across or, or write a song in, in, a, 
you know, a proper way. Right. Um, but really I just like that it's interpretive. Um, it's subjective and, and there's plenty of room for, for conversation, plenty of, plenty of dialogue to be had. Yeah. I like the way you said that, that it's more like teaching a language than it is mm -hmm. anything else. I've never heard that. Yeah. What brought you to Lily theater company? Well, um, so I was, when the pandemic uh, hit, of course, we weren't playing anymore, right? Most of us, um, I wasn't really doing any teaching at the time. I, I was just really busy working on a lot of different projects, um, playing a lot, uh, still playing a lot now, but um, I thought, you know, maybe let me, let me try to get more into teaching and, and try to um, take advantage of, you know, and the, just the fact that, you know, I can do this online and you know, we weren't really in person at the time. Right. So I started teaching a bit more and then I really just came across uh, Lily Theater um, online just to, from a Google search. I was just reaching out to all sorts of different schools and, um, you know, uh, or, or not just schools, obviously, any any sort of organization that offered lessons and and uh, just sending a cold email, introducing myself and, and you know, wondering if they're looking for uh, for, for any teachers. And, and that's really how I uh, how I met Dar. We had a great conversation. And, and here we are. Oh, wow. Okay. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like teaching lessons online, do you prefer them in person or what makes them different for you? Um, well, they are certainly different. I, I wouldn't say that I prefer in person. It's, it's very, of course, you don't have to deal with uh, any of the tech technology and Wi-Fi and stuff when we're online, right? Um, I think you can accomplish a lot from an online lesson. Um, I do enjoy it. Um, you know, I would say in person, of course, would be preferable, right? Because if you're in the same room, um, it's, it's much, no, I would, I, I wouldn't say much easier. Um, but, uh, to, to really see, uh, the, uh, the student with the instrument right there, um, and just in real time. And for them to see me, I think is actually probably more important. Um, just in real time, right in front of me, um, you know, I have my instrument, they have their instrument. We don't have to, um, you know, deal with any uh, technology or anything like that, right? Um, I, and it's, I think it's a bit more personable um, in person, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's, you can accomplish a lot in an online lesson as well. So I, I think they're both great. Yeah, pros and cons of them both, for sure. And mm. just for some... Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Just for some parting words, what would you say is your greatest accomplishment as a teacher or just as a musician on your own? And is there anything else you'd want to say about your instrument? Um, yeah, so my biggest accomplishment, I mean, I've gotten, I've played with some, some really um, great musicians and collaborated with some great musicians over the past decade. Um, but, you know, uh, for me, just becoming, you know, coming from the background that I had, I, I didn't study musically um, other than an occasional bass lesson with the teacher that I mentioned um, earlier um, until I got to Berkeley, until I got to college, uh, didn't really know how to read music or anything. Um, so I think those four years uh, at Berkeley and the work that I put in, um, you know, graduating and finishing at the end, that was, that's, that's a huge accomplishment um, for me. And, just a very it was certainly a proud time for me oh yeah definitely what kind of stuff did you berkeley what did you major in 
Um, my major was called professional music. So professional music, you work with um, an advisor and you kind of tailor your own major. Um, so mine was basically uh, performance, uh, electric bass performance. Um, but I also, uh, I studied uh, jazz composition. Um, I studied, uh, I took a lot of electives too. Um, some cool electives, some business classes, um, entrepreneurship. Um, I actually took one elective that was uh, um, private, private studio teacher, I think it was called. And it was basically what I'm doing a lot now, um, teaching. Um, and then I also wanted to study uh, sound design, which is something that I also do now, um, deal with synthesizers and stuff like that. I'm always trying to be a better keyboard player, so I think I'm better at the sound design than actually playing it. Um, but um, that major allowed me to, as I said, take a lot of electives and just really have uh, focus a lot of different areas. Um, Whereas if I were just a performance major, I would have to spend more time on my instrument. Not that I wasn't spending a lot of, a lot of hours on the bass, but um, I just liked that I had an opportunity to study with many different teachers and many different, um, uh, many different aspects of music and not just my instrument. Yeah, I like that a lot. That sounds like it was super, super fun. It was, and it was. It was a great time. We're also looking forward to helping you play in the upcoming electric bass workshop. So that's super exciting. We're going to have a blog coming up about that later this month and also lots of advertising. So that's really exciting. And you also have an Instagram account, right? We could give that a little shout out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and yes, I'm very excited for the workshop. Um, I'm excited to, uh, to work with the other bass players involved um, also. Um, that should be a lot of fun. We're actually starting to plan that uh, tomorrow. Um, yeah, so my Instagram is Eric, E-R-I-C underscore Falter, F-A-L-T-E-R. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, too. Uh, don't really have anything else. I haven't really ventured into the TikTok world yet. I don't know. I probably should. Um, but, hey, you can find me on Instagram. Everything's on there. All right, that's awesome. So plenty of ways to reach you, and we're so excited that we got to talk with you today. We have one more song that is coming up and that is the little sunflower song anything else or anything you want to say about that um yeah so this is um i, I took a, a class with um oscar stagnaro um i think i have the book over here somewhere no um yeah so he uh a great um latin jazz um uh bass player uh, i believe he's from peru i hope i got that right um played with arturo sandoval um all, all sorts of players um paquito de riviera um, and he is someone, I was always really interested in Latin music. I heard it a bit, um, when I was a kid and, it, and I just really, really was into the groove and the feel of the music. So I, I studied with him for, uh, about a year, I believe. Yeah. A year, a year worth of, um, uh, labs and, and Latin jazz labs, um, Latin bass learning, all sorts of different styles. Um, also studied, uh, quite a bit of, uh, Brazilian style, which is, this is, um, more of a, a Brazilian style, this, this clip that you're about to hear. Um, and he was hugely influential um, on me. And, and this is just a, one of the transcriptions in his book. Um, this isn't him playing. This is actually Andy Gonzalez on the bass um, playing with uh, Minnie Oquendo, I believe it is. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, uh, and the album, the album, I think I have it. Sonido, Estilo y Ritmo. That's the album. Yeah. Um, I would totally urge everyone, if you're into this type of music, to go check it out. Um, Andy Gonzalez is 
um, one of the best ever. And, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun transcribing this and working on it and playing it. Oh yeah, I'm excited to hear it. Let's listen. Awesome. Absolutely amazing. Awesome, thank I, you, thank you. Uh, it, it's all, it's all Andy Gonzalez. That was definitely a transcription. Oh, it was a transcription of, of, of him. So, so he take he he gets all the credit for sure. I love that style. Of, <laughs> I love with all these interviews how I get to listen to like so many different styles of music and hear about so many different wonderful artists. And so I'm so grateful to be able to get to meet you today and for the first time. Um, to see you for the first time, not over email or anything like that. So that's exciting. And we're looking forward to getting to have lessons and thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to say? 
Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Trinity. Likewise, um, very, very excited to, to start working with Lily Theater, and uh, definitely feel free, all you aspiring bass players, uh, feel free to reach out, and, and I hope to, to hear from you and work with you. Absolutely. Make sure to, everyone listening, make sure to check out the YouTube channel and subscribe. Um, there's also the blog and the website if you want to book lessons through the website. That's super easy and user-friendly, so feel free to do that. And thank you. We'll see you next time.